Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. My name is Callie Hunter and I am your host. It's going to be an interesting episode today and this is why. I had planned on doing some batch recordings today uh, while my children were gone and um, it just so happens that a violent storm is coming through and I thought maybe I won't record now because my dog's going to bark, I might have to run down to the basement, we're expecting 115 mile an hour winds, possible tornadoes, but you know what? If ever there was a time to embrace a metaphor, it is now. So, you know, 2020 came in like a hurricane. It kept coming in like a hurricane. It kept coming in like a hurricane. And now it's coming in like a straight line winds. Along with everything else in my life for the past five years, including chronic illness. So I thought, what better flipping metaphor than a storm coming in as I'm recording these episodes. So um, if you hear some lightning, thunder, barking, screaming in the background, you know why. Um, Before I go any further, I want to make you all aware that I'm going to be referencing a resource that I have available for free um, on my website. You can actually click the link on the show notes to get right to it. It's a four-week plan to reclaiming your identity after chronic illness. Um, It's taken me a while to get all of this information put together in one place, but um, I wanted to provide something for free to anyone who was navigating chronic illness. Uh, And the big disconnect, and you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before if you've listened or read anything on the blog, um, is that people get diagnosed with something, okay, and it could take years to even get to that diagnosis, but you finally get this diagnosis and you feel like, okay, great, I know what my sickness is, but then there's absolutely no support given for mental health. And as someone who is a psychologist um, and has a background in mental health, um, I thought that I would be okay. <laughs> like, you know, I should have this. Like, and, and, you know, people would even tell me, like, aren't you supposed to know these things? Like, aren't you supposed to be the expert in this area? And yet you're struggling. What's wrong with you? Um, that wasn't a very nice thing for them to say, by the way. But in a way, like, that's how I felt um, is, okay, if I am someone who's been trained on all of this, I know. I had a whole class on grief. Like, I know this stuff, and yet I'm still struggling how much more are people struggling who don't even have that background, who don't have access, who don't know that there are places out there to support them other than the message boards, which are terrible. So um, that's why I'm here. Um, So I put together this four-week plan um, to getting back to yourself because um, if you, I'll I'll put a link um, on here to this as well, Kathy Sharmaz and team um, did a lot of research and they found that it's pretty much um, universal that people who get a chronic illness at some point 
uh, have a loss of identity, a loss of self, a loss of sense of self. Um, and, and that's for multiple reasons, you know, like usually it limits a lot of the activities that you did before. But I think maybe the biggest part of it is that it changes your personality in ways, you know, that you used to be the fun-loving, relaxed, peaceful uh, person, you know, the, I, I used to be the fun, happy person at the party. And then all of a sudden, I was the person in the corner sitting down trying not to jostle my bladder or trying to just be present, trying, 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 Kelly be present, Kelly be present. But then all I could do was feel my body and uh, I hated that I felt like I was someone else. Um, so that's what this four-week plan is for, is to kind of, through my own experience, but also through the research that I've put together, um, show you, guide you on a way back to yourself. So what I'm going to do with some of these episodes here, I'm going to split them up. The first one is I'm going today, (laughs) I am going to take you through the first week of that plan. So if you haven't already downloaded the plan, I think you should do that. Um, I'm not going to go through each day, do this, day one. I'm just going to kind of go through the topics of the week. So if you are doing the plan, this would be a really great um, addition to it, something to kind of add along to your work. So I'm just gonna take a guess and this is actually on the plan as well one of the first few slides a guess as to why you're listening to this podcast why you even googled um, chronic illness mental health or somehow you found yourself listening to my voice right now and I think I'm just gonna take a wild guess that you're here because you really want a change that you're tired of the same old negative thinking the life that you just don't want you want to be able to live again and um you're just maybe i've been told by people that when they started listening to some of my content and uh, listening to the chronically well podcast or reading some of the blog articles that they finally felt an ounce of hope. And let me under let me just say that the reason that is, <laughs> the reason I'm here, is because I've gone through the same thing. And here's something else. Currently, I am flaring. So I am usually symptom-free. Uh, but every once in a while, I will have a flare, a bladder flare, and I will tell you it scares the crap out of me. And I remember those panicked, feelings and the anxiety and everything that comes with it and so um, I know like I've been there and that's why I'm here because I know how desperately you need hope Um, I know you probably have grown very tired of the word new normal you want more than that you want to be you you don't want to just be this new shitty version of yourself no you don't want that and I don't think you should accept that either. Um, maybe you're also here because you're lacking support. Maybe um, your relationships have suffered and you're looking for um, someone to give you that support that you're not receiving in your personal life. And that's why I'm here as well. So these are just some real strategies that I have found that actually work. Um, a little bit of my history, I 
was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis in 2015. I had constant symptoms for one and a half years, uh, did go into remission, but I was well long before my body was. Um, so I, I'm, I'm here to try to help you get to that well. Um, so I'm going to be talking today about mindset shift. Um, if you are following along and doing some work on the free resource, uh, make sure that you have a journal. Listen, you don't have to go buy a $50 journal, okay? Um, just find, you know, a notebook from your kid's pile of notebooks where they drew two pictures on it and now there's an entire notebook left. Find one of those. Um, find a pen. That's it. However, I do recommend finding a pen that makes you happy. And I know that this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but you know what I'm talking about, especially you nerds, especially in the fall when it's time to get your school supplies. You like those colored pens maybe, or you like those ones that like you grip it and it's got the squishy squish on the end of it and it's just perfect. Um, or just, you know, you love the way that it glides. Find a pen that brings you pleasure. The rain is starting. You're also going to need time. So to really make a mindset shift, it's not just, uh, okay, <laughs> I've done it. Um, you're going to need to devote some time to practicing it. And I'd say, really though, only 20 to 30 minutes a day. And when I made my mindset shift, I had three children uh, aged four, no, five, three, and one. So if I could do it with three kids that small, I think you'll, you can find the time. 20 to 30 minutes and if you don't have 20 to 30 minutes I promise you you do you can wake up 20 to 30 minutes earlier in the morning or you can go to bed 20 to 30 minutes later at night just cut into that 20 to 30 minutes is not going to kill your sleep I promise so the first thing I want to hit on is that uh it's very it's very easy to say well just think positive and I want you to erase that kind of thinking if someone tells you just think positive uh, they've obviously never been in your shoes. It's more complicated than that. But I'm going to use a story. The story is also in the four-week plan um, because I thought that it it described it well. Uh, so I have I did not know anything about plant propagation until this past year, and now I'm a real plant nerd, and I took a class, and I know all about it. But before I knew about this, um, I had. I have, a, I have a snake plant and they have these big long fronds, I think is what you call them, that come up out of the plant. And I, one of my kids must have run by, I don't know, something happened and one of the fronds broke off. Um, I then was like, you know, I think that if I put this in water, I've heard that it could grow new roots. So I didn't even research it. I was just like, we're going to try it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I thought it was going to die. You know, it's like, well, it, it got cut off the plant. It's done. But a week or so later, I noticed little tiny things growing out of it. Um, and then about a month later, there were six new fronds growing up from this one broken frond 
from the large plant. And uh, recently I placed it in its own pot and it's now growing into its own very large snake plant in my bedroom. Uh, so the metaphor there <laughs> is you feel unattached. You feel as if you have been removed from the life that was yours, from the rest of yourself. You are that broken off front. But you don't have to worry because this is your opportunity. Maybe you won't be back in that large pot with your former self. You're probably not going to be the exact person that you were before. But I want you to know this is a perfect time to become the kind of person that you always wanted to be. And there's the rain. <laughs> it's a perfect opportunity to shed everything from before that didn't matter. And instead of thinking of it as your identity being robbed, think of it as your opportunity to claim the identity that you always wanted but never could have for insert whatever, okay? Whatever, maybe what other people wanted of you, what you thought you needed to do to be secure, uh, what you thought mattered but found out now really doesn't. So um, the next point I want to make is that a huge part of acceptance and getting to the next stage in all of this is truly letting go, is shedding everything that you were before. So an exercise that I give in the plan is to start with your lonesome, your loathsome list. Um, this part is terrible. It really, really sucks. I'm not going to lie. You are going to hate me. You're going to hate life. You're going to think Callie is probably the most depressing uh, coach, helper, um, <laughs> encourager, whatever um, you want to call me because it's going to make you sad. But I think you really need to do it. It's necessary, okay? We have to face the difficult. So I want you, if you have a journal, um, write down your loathsome list. List out every single thing that you could do before but you cannot do now. Everything about yourself from before that you aren't now. Um, if you need a bit of a starter, I can no longer dot dot dot. I used to dot 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 but now I dot 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 okay so um and I don't want you to just do it and then let it go I know I said I just said let things go <laughs> but I actually want you to sit with this for a little bit so after you've written it out um and make sure you give your space yourself space on this I know that people that have done it already have told me you know I cried a lot <laughs> so and you don't have to cry. Listen, everybody handles things differently. We're going to talk about that in another episode. But make sure you give yourself the emotional space for this. And um, let it soak in for a while. Let it, um, let yourself be sad about those things that you can't do anymore. 
because you know what it sucks you didn't ask for this you didn't ask to have everything that you were before taken away you didn't ask to have to make this huge adjustment and it's frustrating as hell i know when you see other people who are living probably a much more much more unhealthy life than you are and they get to continue to live it however they want let me tell you every time i walk into a breakfast place and i see other people drinking bloody marys i curse the heavenly stars for the fact that I will never be able to have a Bloody Mary again but you know what that's okay but it's okay to be sad about it sometimes too no joke I had to turn everything off and go down to the basement because there was a tornado warning luckily my house is still standing Everything's okay. Um, okay, so I told you to write down your loathsome list. The next thing you need to do after you write your loathsome list is you need to read it to someone. You can just read it into the air if that's all you've got. I know this is a time of quarantine for a lot of people, so. Um, that's okay. If you could call somebody, that works. Um, or if you simply have a dog or a cat. It doesn't really truly matter who you read it to. Um, just find someone that you feel comfortable with. If it has to be an animal, that's okay. Um, and then the next thing I would say that you need to do is to write the emotion. So whatever that elicited so the loathsome list all of the things that it made you feel it can be really easy to be sad from something but one of the best ways to help yourself learn from it cope with it move to the next step is to understand what it's saying so okay yeah it's saying I'm sad but why why are you sad? Why does it make you sad that you can't do those things anymore? What is it about it? For me specifically, I remember I couldn't have, and it's just, my stuff is, it was real dumb, you know? Like when you look back, it's like, well, that was stupid to get so upset about, but it isn't. Um, mine was coffee. So I, and I've talked about this so many times, like I couldn't have coffee in the morning and there was something really intimate for me. There's something intimate for me about having a cup of coffee either by myself, sitting outside on my back porch, reading poetry, writing in my journal. There's something about that warm cup of coffee or having a cup of coffee with, at the time it was my ex-husband, well, my husband at the time, um, or like a friend or, you know, like a cup of coffee comes every morning after the best nights, right? And I couldn't do that anymore and that made me sad because it was like this ritual, this act. Even though it's silly and it really in itself I could do without a cup of coffee, right? But it was the fact that that was removed from me and the ability to cuddle up next to someone after a cup of coffee. It was, um, I just, yeah, I wanted to be able to do that. So, um... Yeah, write it out. What is it for you in your loathsome list? What is illicit? What does it make you feel and why? And then I, I want you 
to just to just allow the feelings like I think a lot of us put up these blocks you know these walls where we're like I've trained myself to put the emotion behind the wall I promise you you're not gonna heal maybe you'll heal physically I think it's going to be a lot more difficult but I definitely don't think you will heal emotionally until you let those barriers drop and this exercise is meant to help that it's meant to actually make you say and address those things that you know that you hate and that you've been avoiding talking about so then um mindset uh I read a book when I was healing I definitely recommend it. It's called um, Mind Over Medicine by Lissa Rankin. She has a couple other books too. Um, this is a quote from it that in order to optimize health, the body needs to be in relaxation response the majority of the time. So the body's natural disease fighting mechanisms can operate properly. Again, I've talked about this before, but um, when we are presented with something that's stressful for us, a threat, we go into what's called fight, flight, or freeze. Um, our body physically prepares us to either fight off whatever is threatening us or run away from it, that's fleeing, or in my case, freeze. So I would be, if I were a caveman, completely dead in five seconds. Like I would see the bear, I would stop moving, and I, w- I would just, I w- he would eat me. So, um, but with illness, we have this. So people don't talk about it, but we do go in. The sympathetic nervous system takes over as soon as you get that diagnosis. It's, I'm sick. I need to fight this. Or, I'm sick. I need to run away from this. Or, I'm sick. I am going to freeze in my place and I will not move because I don't know what to do. Um, For me, it was freezing and panic. And um, with this flare that I just had, I I noticed it it happened again. And I was like, okay, oh, there it is. Okay, that's me freezing (laughs) because um, it was just the panic that takes over when you start to feel those symptoms again. And And it just pulls you back into that what am I going to do? You know, it's like the body going into, I need to fix this. I need to change this or respond in some way, or maybe you don't even know at all what to do. The problem with this is that we maintain this heightened level of awareness, right? Because our body never heals. (laughs) It's sort of a catch 22, right? Because we feel like we can't relax until the pain goes away. That's just a natural response of the body is that it's going to be heightened in response to pain because it wants it to stop. And so then it's very difficult to get yourself to a state of relaxation. However, we have to figure out how to get to the parasympathetic nervous system because that is where healing happens. So... I'm not saying that it's not natural or normal to be anxious. Of course it is. Your body is in pain. You want it to stop. It is our natural biological response to go into fight or flight or freeze. And this is a very unnatural way 
of handling it. And I think we don't talk about it enough. I think if we were just to kind of go along with what our body tells us uh, and what our doctors tell us is that you're in pain, you're going to be in pain, be sad and anxious about it for the rest of your life. And I promise you, healing will not happen. You will be in pain forever if you listen to those messages. Um, Does everyone heal physically? No. And I'm not promising that anything that I tell you to do is going to help you heal physically. Uh, But I do know that everyone can heal emotionally and psychologically despite what happens to their body. Uh, Does that mean you're not going to still be sad? You're not going to still be anxious sometimes? No, of course. You still are going to have those moments. But you're going to find that you actually want to live your life again. Um, So another thing you could do in your journal is um, I want you or, or outside on a tree or written into the dirt or written into the sand um, somewhere. Write, I can heal as many times as you can possibly write it, a minimum of 20 times. Play some motivational music and believe it because this is the first step to falling into believing. You have to start telling yourself things and eventually you might not believe it at first but eventually you will you will believe it because you'll notice little changes you'll notice that you're not as sad when you woke up in the morning and i've i've said this on other podcast episodes as well but you have to get into that mindset of you know not continually looking to your body to see if the pain is gone because we know the pain is probably going to be there for a while right So stop, like every morning I would wake up and think, am I healed? No. And then it would be the panic, right? So instead of that, I released it. I just let it go. And I just said, I'm not, I don't have to be healed, but I can be healed. I'm always healing. I'm healing. And that is a beautiful thing to be in. Another really great practice from switching from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system is to visualize. Um, So again, pulling in that I may not be healed, but I am always healing. And if you can visualize whatever it is about your body where the pain is, if you even could have like a picture of what it looks like, like, look it up on the internet. Look up what your disease is. What does it look like? Look at that. But then I want you to look up normal, healthy, insert whatever it is. Okay. So for me, it was normal, healthy bladder. And um, I visualized that. And I would sit and I would breathe and just imagine my bladder wall healed and normal. And then I would also just visualize places that made me happy um, the beach promise you every time I would step on the sand and hear the waves my pain level would go down like 80 percent sometimes more um to go to that place spend some time there every day imagining visualizing your body healed what would you do what would you be doing who would you be with 
How would you feel? Do that for a solid five to 10 minutes per day. Visualizations may sound really silly, um, but they really do work. So the last part of this podcast, um, I want to make real practical and uh, it's going to be real woo-woo-y for some of you. And if that's not, if it's not something you want to do, that's okay. You can turn it off. Uh, but I thought I would just take you through a visualization, a meditation, and if you want some help, so you, maybe you're not sure what to do that first time, um, you can just listen to me and you can come with me and we can try this together. It'll be the end of the podcast episode today. Week two of the four-week plan that I've put together, I will have out to you soon. Maybe it's already out there by the time you're listening to this. Um, Don't forget to download that. The link is here on the show notes for this episode. It's going to help you a lot if you can go along with that. So, friend, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, wherever we meet, wherever you are hearing my voice, I want you to first of all know that you are loved and that you are here on this earth that's spinning around in space for a reason. And I want you to think of this moment as your moment, as the moment where you shift your mindset to believing that healing is possible. So I want you to sit down. I don't know where you are. If you're in your car, make sure you wait until you get home. Find a place where it's peaceful, where it's quiet. Go out on a back porch, go to a park, go to your bedroom, go to the couch, sit down, lay down, close your eyes. Take three deep breaths in. Two more. And now I want you to think about the source of your pain right now. I want you to think about where it's coming from. I want you to take your thoughts, all of the heat in your body, and I want you to direct it all where the pain is. And I want you to take another breath and breathe into that pain. And this time, when you breathe out, I want you to imagine you are breathing the pain out of your body. Do that five times. Breathe in to the part of your body where the pain is. And breathe it out. Do it again. Do it three more times at your pace. 
Okay. Now, I want you to think about the emotion that set in the moment you found out you had a chronic illness or those moments in the middle of the night when you have pain and you just want it to go away and you don't know what to do and you just wish there was a pill you could take or something you could do that would make it go away. And I want you to harness that emotion. What is it that you feel, that panic? Let yourself feel it for a moment. And then I want you to breathe again and breathe into wherever that feeling is. For me, it's always my chest in my neck. So breathe in there if that's where it is. Maybe it's your stomach. Maybe it's your back. Maybe it's your head. There's somewhere where you put that panic in your body. Breathe into it. And breathe out. Do that four times on your own. Okay, now we're going to visualize. So we're going to imagine, I want you to think about what it would feel like if that pain were gone, if you had no limits, if you could live your life the way you chose, not dependent on your body. I want you to imagine a pain-free day. I want you to imagine waking up in the morning, pouring that coffee, <laughs> going for a walk, walking down to the ocean, walking through the woods, running, riding a bicycle, hiking a mountain, surfing, riding your horse, taking your dog for a walk, being able to have sex <laughs> without having pain, being able to breathe, Go to a place on that pain-free day and I want you to walk through the entire day and I want you to imagine what it smells like. Does it smell like the sea? Does it smell like fresh mountain air? Does it smell like your apartment after you baked your favorite dessert? Just imagine what it would feel like to not be in pain to feel like yourself, to be living vibrantly whole and healthy. Pause this and do that for five to 20 minutes. Go through your day in your mind, then come back. Okay. I would imagine if you did that, that you're imagining some beautiful things right now. Maybe your body feels a little bit lighter, a little bit less tense. Do that for yourself as often as you can because our body wants to believe us. And it all starts with the thoughts that we feed it. 
So start feeding it thoughts of healing. Start feeding it thoughts of wellness. And guess what? You can start living a beautiful life today. You don't have to live that perfect day pain-free right now, but you can pick parts of it that you can do today. If you love being in the mountains, start painting the mountains. Start writing about the mountains. If you like I did, actually love to write, start writing again. If you love spending time with your friends, do that as much as you can. Find those little beautiful things and do them every day. And as much as you can, get your body into the parasympathetic nervous system. Do yoga, breathe, visualize, anything that you can do. Meditating is lovely. I just want you to know hmm. friend I want you to know you are not you are not the mistake okay your body is not less important than the healthy body You are strong. You have something that you are fighting that the majority of the population wouldn't even know what to do with. And look at you. You're doing it. You're here. You're listening. You're looking for ways to heal. And I'm proud of you. And this is not the end of your story. This is not. Chronic illness is not you. Okay? It doesn't get to be you. It is not all of us, okay? Each of us with a chronic illness, we are not chronic illness. We are who we were before, but better. And it's just re-identifying that. So if I can help you do that, I want to. But the only person that can really do that is you. And it all starts with believing you can heal. It starts with giving yourself the permission to breathe. So if you can, do that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trusting me. And um, remember to live your life chronically well. <laughs>